Understanding how to get started as an entrepreneur can be daunting to someone outside the ecosystem. Today on the Financial Operating Base, we'll be discussing the entrepreneurial process with Seda Goff, Director of Veteran Entrepreneurship at PenFed Credit Union and Head of the Veteran Entrepreneurship Investment Program at the PenFed Foundation. Welcome to the Financial Operating Base, a podcast and community to help you, the veteran entrepreneur, to navigate the terrain and accomplish your mission of business success. Joining us today, we have Seda Goff, Director of Veteran Entrepreneurship at PenFed Credit Union, and she also leads the Veteran Entrepreneur Investment Program at the PenFed Foundation. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, let's start with kind of your background, your journey, and uh, what you do to help veterans out. Sure. Um, so my background uh, comes from entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship. Um, throughout my career, from building companies to building big programs and launching products in larger companies. And uh, I come from a, a family with a lot of ties to the military. So I kind of grew up in that. And also about 15, 16 years ago, helped launch My Healthy Vet for the VA, which really got me involved with the veteran community. And, um, and then since then, uh, building companies, building businesses, and then started doing coaching um, for companies. And that brought me to Bunker Labs. Uh, about four, three or four years ago, started working with Bunker Labs, which is a national nonprofit that helps military veterans and their spouse to start and grow businesses. And from there, um, started working with PenFed um, as uh, a supporter of the program. And when PenFed uh, launched the Veteran Entrepreneur Investment Program about uh, a little over a year ago in March of 2018. Um, we were involved from day one. Uh, we were supportive of the program and uh, I came over to um, help run the program at the beginning of this calendar year. And what we do is it's an investment program that invests in veteran entrepreneurs and their businesses. But more than that, uh, we help in the whole life cycle of veteran entrepreneurs from idea stage to incubating them as they grow and build all the way to kind of seed stage companies um, that are ready to catapult. So say that when, when we think about the first part of the life stage, as you mentioned, so if there's a veteran and they're interested in entrepreneurship, they maybe have an idea untested. The first thing we need to do is get them into the ecosystem. So what advice would you give to a veteran in that situation? I, I know I want to be an entrepreneur. I have some business ideas. Just how do you take that first step and get started? So what I would do is number one is write all this stuff down read about what is out there. Uh, one thing that um, I'm a big proponent of is the running lean model um, of using a lean canvas to kind of dump your brain. But then in a mid and after you've done that, go out, start talking to people that have done this before. Go start talking to people that um, have built a business. And it doesn't have to be the exact type of business that you've built, any type of business. Um, and in that process, there are a number of organizations 
that can help you do this from 1 million cups that helps um, all types of entrepreneurs through more specialty groups like Bunker Labs, like I mentioned, that focuses specifically on the veteran community. And um, our program will also, you know, once you've thought through that idea, our program um, will be uh, doing a call for applications for these ideas later this fall, where we will um, take the 20 most thought through ideas, put them up for public vote, and the company that, uh, the idea that gets the most amount of votes will actually not only get a grant to help build that company, but we'll also get a one year seat in our incubator. So we'll help you build that company. That's so valuable, both both in terms of resources, but also um, the coaching and the expertise and the guidance and the mentorship, because um, that's where a lot of a lot of us as veterans kind of lack that experience, though we have things like operational experience, leadership experience. It's those those tangible business experiences uh, that are missing as we make the transition and either start our careers or look to start something like a business. Yeah, and it you know, and you don't sometimes know what you don't know, and uh, just having somebody talk through this and uh, one I one thing that I believe is one of um, I always joke is one of my superpowers is that I can comb the spaghetti in people's brains in an entrepreneur's brain. You know, it's this, I have this idea and it grows and grows and grows and it gets all tangled. And it just takes somebody from the outside to look at that idea and to talk through it with you, to kind of, you know, to comb through that spaghetti and make it something that's actually actionable, uh, as opposed to, I don't even know where to start. That's an interesting point. I, I think in the entrepreneur community as a whole, not strictly military, everyone's very used to the concept of the pivot. I started going this way, I had an idea, did customer discovery, or tried to build a prototype, and it led me to the pivot, which then maybe was the big change to success. When you're, when you're combing the spaghetti in people's brains, um, how do you sort of bring up that concept of maybe the pivot with them, or that just because the first idea came up with, uh, is good to them, it's not really going to work for a business. How do you how do you redirect someone and get them to think about a slightly different opportunity or modified opportunity? Well, I think what I see a lot of times is everybody's kind of figured out these almost multiple pivot options, but they, they focus on one direction for a while. and Or they say they want to do it all. That's actually what I see more, more often than not is I want to try these all. And what happens is, is you don't know if any of them works because you're, you know, all your testing and all your data is skewed because you don't know what's working, what's not. So instead, um, what I will coach people through is saying, okay, what are you going to try first? We're not saying you can't do it all. We're just saying, let's try them in succession and see what kind of what takes hold when, and if it doesn't work, you dump it and you go to the next one. And that is that pivot is, without using the word pivot, because the pivot makes it almost sound like we're going in a different direction, but it's not necessarily that. It's just saying this way didn't work, so now let's try it this way. I think that's so important too, especially with the spaghetti, because along with analysis paralysis, you know, um, entrepreneurs in general have so many ideas that, you know, like you said, they don't know where to start, or they started all at once. That's fantastic. 
Um, shifting gears a little bit to some of the other things that you focus on, um, tell us how you're helping female veteran entrepreneurs. Sure. So within the Veteran Entrepreneur Investment Program, we have begun to focus on helping promote female veteran entrepreneurship and being able to support this ecosystem. Um, in the research that I've done around this, um, I stumbled upon a few amazing statistics. One is that um, female entrepreneurship as a whole over the last six to 10 years have grown 45%. That's five times more than the national average. And female veteran entrepreneurship has grown 295% in that same amount of time. That's equaling between three to 400,000 businesses. And what is the little bit scary statistic is that in this time of all the investment capital that's been deployed, only 2% has gone to women in general. 2%. And, uh, and that's a bit of a problem. And there's a number of you know, reasons why, and the research out there um, can say it better than I can, but um, how is it possible that this is off the hook and it's still ringing? Sorry, guys. Right. Sometimes these entrepreneurs who, Manuel Velasquez, I don't even know who this person is. How do I Manny. mute this? <laughs> how do I mute this? There is a way to, all right, let's see if that works. Um, Can I just plug so some from the wall? Right? Landlines, I don't even know how to use a landline phone anymore. Um, We're keeping this in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to use a landline phone. Awesome. Um, it's the golden moments. Um, so, there's a lot of reasons why that, uh, you know, this, this big gap in access to capital. And, and, and by the way, access to capital and um, lack of ecosystem are the two biggest uh, challenges that veteran entrepreneurs in general see um, in their journey. And we see this even more exemplified in the female veteran entrepreneurship and why we want to help with that. And, you know, when I'm speaking with female veteran entrepreneurs, the one thing that I have them do is I, you know, that I implore them to do is I say, listen, Go pitch. Even if you don't think you're ready, if you're going to go raise money at some point, go pitch. You can preface that you're not ready yet, but you want to begin that relationship with investors and different funding streams. And because what's going to happen is, is if there are more women pitching and there are more female entrepreneurs out there going after funding, more uh, there are going to be more mentors out there to help them through that process. And there's also going to be more people at the other side of the table listening to these pitches that will be able to evaluate their companies and their problem sets that they are addressing. Because no investor is going to want to leave money on the table if you know, a large component of the people pitching are female entrepreneurs, let alone female veteran entrepreneurs. Are there any themes you're seeing um, either in uh, investment capital flowing to certain markets or certain industries or certain business models, um, as well as uh, what sort of uh, ideas are people bringing to the table? Um, let, let, let me start that again. Um, <laughs> God, that's the first time I've had to ask a question twice. Um, can you speak a little bit to 
where you are seeing capital flowing, whether it's types of business models or different industries or sectors that are appealing to investors right now, and are the entrepreneurs that are bringing ideas, are they bringing ideas that investors want to fund, or is there a disconnect there? So the type of companies that I'm seeing that are attractive to investors are kind of, you know, what you normally would expect, scalable, um, you know, large, uh, large pieces of pie to go after. Um, but in terms of industry, we're seeing a lot of, of stuff around like um, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, especially given that we're in the DC market. So we're based um, and headquartered out of Tyson's, Virginia, outside of Washington, DC. So we do see a lot of um, a lot of stuff in that space that may have started as a government contract, but now is looking at commercial applications um, or people that have come from that side and ha are rebuilding uh, something that they've they've worked on or problems that they've seen um, for the commercial space. Um, one of the things I would say is our biggest gap right now um, is ensuring, and again, this might be a you know more of a DC market thing, but ensuring that the company is post-traction. We're seeing a lot of people going out for funding during idea phase and calling that a seed round. Um, and really what we're looking for in that seed round is post-traction. Not only um, do you know what the solution potentially would look like, but you've identified a problem, you know who has that problem, that person who has that problem also knows they have that problem, and is willing to pay you for the solution you're going to offer for that problem. And while that all sounds really simple, obviously, um, as entrepreneurs, we know that that's not that simple, but really like understanding that not only can you build the solution, but you know how to get it to the people that need it and sell it to them and they're willing to pay for it. That's really where we're seeing the gap. That's great. And, and to your point, simple is not always easy. Um, that's why it takes, you know, it takes the vision, it takes the gumption and it takes the mentorship and resources that you're providing um, often to maximize the probability of success towards those results. Um, you mentioned something at the at the beginning of uh, the conversation that I thought was really interesting um, and that you mentioned the words entrepreneur as well as entrepreneur. Can you speak to what those mean for any uh, listeners who may not perhaps have even heard of the word entrepreneur? Sure. So uh, an entrepreneur is uh, somebody that uses entrepreneurial thinking to solve uh, problems and build solutions in a larger organization. And that organization can be anywhere between um, a company, a conglomerate, or even the, the government, the U.S. government. So you can be an entrepreneur within the U.S. government. And, um, and what I would say that I am, and even you know, in my current role, is I'm a problem solver and I'm a builder. And those two things, and two things I love to do and I think are kind of my skill set, um, you know, lends itself to both building companies and finding, you know, finding problems to solve outside on my own, but also being able to do it internally into another company. That's phenomenal. I think that one of the common threads along with problem solving is having uh, the vision and the perception to see or identify the problem. Because it's kind of one thing if someone comes to you and says, hey, here's what's going on. Can you help me fix it? And there's another to look around 
notice the gap and kind of marinate on it in order to create the value that solves it, whether it's within an organization or creating a new organization. Absolutely. And, and some, and, you know, in my experience too, the pitching cycle, you know, you come up with an idea, you find a problem to solve, you come up with a solution, you put together your pitch deck and you pitch it to the CEO, you pitch it to, um, you know, your boss and you get approval to move forward or potentially you're pitching for actually internal funding to move forward. So, you know, sometimes the, the life cycle of that process is identical. Um, obviously the stakes are a little bit different with each one of them. The number of sleepless nights are a little bit different with each one of them, but um, you know, it, it is very similar processes. We're grateful for uh, PenFed participating in the entrepreneur community, and we're grateful for all the other corporations that provide support, whether it's funding nonprofits that help entrepreneurs run pitch competitions, give awards for business and pitch competitions. Um, how should an entrepreneur think about larger corporations um, and their role in aiding entrepreneurship, especially you know, here in the military and veteran community? Um, you know, what's really the role of a corporate partner uh, in entrepreneurship? <clears throat> that, that's a really good question. Um, I think it really depends on the type of uh, corporate partner. I think it depends on you know what infrastructure they've built to help, um, and you know, and, and the the type of um, entrepreneur they're trying to help. You know whether they're focusing on technology or they're focusing on, you know, um, consumer packaged goods. You know, I've I've seen every you know different type. Uh, I wish that there was a quippy thing to say that would kind of give a you know, encompass all of it, but really it's kind of very specific. Um, the one thing I would say it is not, a corporate partner is not, is um, to help you flush out the problem you want to solve, um, nor is it to help you flush out, hey, I've created this solution, what problem would this solution solve? Um, we see, I, I do unfortunately see a lot of that, not necessarily in my PenFed role, but just kind of in my, um, my spot in the you know the entrepreneurial ecosystem is you see these um people that have built solutions in search of problems and while there are companies that were built that way it is not a um a very cheap company to build build because you're not you don't even know what solution what, what you're solving for except for maybe your you know either curiosity or your problem um but I, I do see that a lot is where they said, oh, I built this really cool widget and I need to go find what problem it solves. And that is the most expensive way to start a company. So you're at the center of sort of um, vision, idea generation, refining, straightening out spaghetti noodles, I guess you could say, um, as well as resourcing and providing mentorship and guidance um, and, and inspiration, really. Is there a quote or a concept um, that resonates with you that you kind of stick to or like? One of my favorite quotes, and actually it's on my, uh, my screensaver on my computer, is high tides raise all ships. Uh, you know, as we become um, 
better as a foundation and better as a program, we will be able to create more opportunities for other veterans. And you know, one of my favorite things about our investment program is the fact that we're a nonprofit um, strategic investment fund. So when we invest in veteran entrepreneurs and you know, they show any returns from that investment, those returns immediately go in search of another veteran to you know, help bring success. So the success of one veteran entrepreneur begets the ability for a success of another veteran entrepreneur. Um, so high tides raise all ships is really what our whole program is based around. Well, you do an amazing amount of work uh, for the veteran community and we thank you for that. Um, given the fact that you're involved in funding and mentorship and ideation and helping people out, I'm sure there are gonna be many, many listeners that wanna get in touch with you. So. Uh, how can you be reached, uh, you know, social media, contact information, let us know so uh, the listeners can reach out. Sure. Uh, they can come to our website at www.penfedfoundation.org slash B-E-I-P or follow us on um, all the major social media networks at, at P-F-F underscore V-E-I-P. Um, and we'll, we'll be announcing some fun updates in the next uh, few weeks. And um, would love to engage with everybody and hear what their thoughts are. This has been great and informative. So thanks so much for taking the time and uh, for sharing with us today. Thank you, guys. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Seda Goff. And we'll leave you with this quote from Guy Kawasaki. Ideas are easy. Implementation is hard. Thanks for joining us on the Financial Operating Base podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions or feedback to financialoperatingbase at gmail.com.